You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mama's Talking Loud. Jess and I love bringing these stories to you, amplifying the journey of the working artist mom, supporting the struggle, and striving to change the social safety net. But we need your help. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate if you would follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the way we can continue to raise awareness and change the narrative. And if you want more insight into our world, please follow us on Instagram at Mamas Talkin' Loud, on Twitter at Mamas Talkin' Pod, and on our website, www.mamastalkinloud.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mamas Talkin' Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. Today's guest is currently starring as Miss Jen on Disney Plus's high school musical, The Musical, The Series, but is most definitely no stranger to the stage, having played Cynthia Weil in Beautiful, Portia in Something Rotten, Glinda in Wicked, and even Dainty June in Gypsy, just to name a few. She shares with us her unexpected motherhood journey and how therapy has always been an integral part of her life in show business, all with a healthy dose of humor and humble pie. Here's our conversation with Kate Rinders. Hi! Hi! Hey, you guys! We had a lot of technical difficulties, everybody, to get this started, but we are here. (laughs) Okay, well, I would just like to say 99% of the technical difficulties were mine. Uh, So I win. We're here. here. Yay! Thank Thank you you. so much for being here from Utah. Are you kidding, you guys? I love you, and I am so impressed with you on so many levels. Well, thank you. That's very generous of you. I appreciate it. No, it's just it's just the truth. You guys rock. Well, you rock, exactly. and you're joining us from Utah. Who who? The, that is where yeah, that is where people rock the most. <laughs> yeah, Utah. It's actually very beautiful. It is. I bet, but much yeah. different from New York or, New York City. or L.A. About as different as you can get. I kind of I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to get into all that. Yep. But, oh, boy. Um, oh, we, <laughs> we always we always start asking about, um, you know, your child or your children. So will you tell us about Luke? Yes. Luke is my one son. He will be four next month. Mm-hmm. Um, he is hilarious. Uh, he is testing his boundaries every moment of every day. Um, he memorizes books and movies and songs so quickly that I wish I had that brain but I just I'm a little bit older than four and uh it doesn't work that way anymore and um yeah he he's so fun he's so fun that I almost don't mind getting up early every day is he an an early riser early riser (laughs) James Uh, buy me a coke Carol (laughs) well there have been yeah there have been phases um, but now he's actually in preschool, which is amazing. Yes. Um, I guess I just did not realize that school which was such a gift to parents mm-hmm. until now. Yep. Yeah. Because I was always on the going to school side of things. And I was like, wow, why'd they make it so early? Why'd they make it so long? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> make it longer. Can it be on the weekends? <laughs> I remember being so I remember being so sad that Elliot was going to be going and it was only going to be like two days a week to start and I was like but we're all I'm not going to be with her all the time and hang out and then I I took her the first day and that day I remember I met a friend for lunch I got a facial I was just wandering around the city I didn't have to worry about where I had to be to pick her up until three o'clock or whatever I was like this is amazing yeah yeah and you and and you got so much done, right? Yes. Like, look at that lunch, facial, like all the shopping, all the errands, and then you're like, do do do. Now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the best thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. Did you? I, this is a, kind of a personal question, just because we've known each, each other for so long. But did you always know you wanted to be a mom, Kate? Was that no, a, no, 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 no? <laughs> I thought I would not be a mother. I no. thought for sure I would definitely not be one. I was very good at not getting pregnant. I also had a lot of uh, of issues, 
you know, it, things that the doctors said that I probably wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was quite relaxed and got knocked up <laughs> immediately <laughs> because I thought there was no way it would happen. So, um, so the joke's on me. No, but really it is, it is the best thing ever, right? It, it is, but I had no idea. Um, but no, I was definitely one of those people who was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be an actress. I'm, and I'm going to live in New York and I'm going to be Carrie Bradshaw on a budget. <laughs> and, uh, and that's my dream and I'm living the dream. And, um, yeah. And now I'm, I'm mac and cheese and peanut butter crackers and all yeah. sorts of things that I did not know existed. <laughs> Uh, and I mean the entertainment that's available. It's true. Yes. I mean things that I never needed to know about. Blippy. Oh, Blippy. <laughs> no offense. No offense, dude. Like he figured out how to make millions of dollars. We, so what? We literally say it every day. I was like, Graham, this could have been you. You could have been Blippy. Graham absolutely could have been Blippy. You could have been, been Blippy. <laughs> I don't know if it's too. I don't think it's. It too might late. not be too late. We talk we about it all different, the time. <laughs> we need a different color scheme. He can really musicalize it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is a great idea. <laughs> I think I think we have to tell people like how that y'all have known each other for so long. Like Kate and I oh, have met oh. socially, but Kara and Kate have known each other for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, almost exactly. And that's yeah. why, and she knows Graham so well because y'all did Gypsy right together. Yes, but I it? actually knew Graham from before that because yeah. I did the Sound of Music tour with his brother and sister, and his mom, his mom was, was on, on the tour, and um. <laughs> And he would come visit for holidays and stuff. So I knew the whole the whole Bowen clan. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yes. and so so now that's how you're able to speak with such authority about Graham as Blippy. About his correct? ability to be the next Blippy. <laughs> oh yeah, was I offending? Sorry, listeners. No, I no, no. I just was like... I have known him since yeah, I mean how old was he when I met him? In his teens? Maybe? I'm sure, because he was nineteen during Gypsy. So, no, he was twenty. Oh. He was twenty. When he, he turned twenty when Gypsy started. Yep. I met him when he was nineteen. Oh, hey. Love in that cradle. Listen, hey. snatch I mean, up you know. the good ones. You got to. Right? There are few and far between. But I want to go back because you said, okay. you know, you're like, I just thought I'd be living the dream. But, Kate, like, you kind of are still living the dream. I mean, you've got a kid, which is amazing and wonderful, but you've had a super full Broadway career, originated so many Broadway uh, roles, characters, and now you're on high school musical the musical series so like well no no thank you thank you for saying that i'm not saying i'm not living the dream you're absolutely right but actually what's crazy is that yes the dream keeps evolving but isn't that the thing like we have to grow with the dreams we have to keep changing them um but i i also think that motherhood i mean as cheesy as this sounds i think motherhood is one of the reasons i got high school musical the musical the series because when I had Luke, I, tell me if you feel the same way. But, you know, we're actors, so we're like, oh, we have emotions. We're really good at showing all these different emotions. No, I did not understand so many things, and my heart cracked open and, like, splatted everywhere when I had Luke. And I think that has made me a better actor. It made me better... It made, it's made me a better woman. And, you know, I, I'm not the mom on the show, but I am basically the mom. I'm the mom of all those teenage kids who, <laughs> who have their act better, together better than I do. But, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I didn't realize it, but Luke has, has made everything better. I do think, I mean, we've said that before and we've had other guests say that as well. I think that you, everyone thinks they know, right? We all think we know what it will be when you become a mother. Until that happens, then you realize oh, I knew nothing. Like, I really oh. didn't know anything yeah, yeah. about how that would affect me emotionally, physically, all the things. But I do think that as artists, you can, there's more depth. You can connect to emotions and you can feel emotions and empathize in a way with humanity that you were never able to before mm-hmm. when we're telling these stories, right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. And I mean, I, this is the cheesiest, but I swear I grew up, I mean, I don't know if you did, but I grew up in the two albums I knew every word to were, um, Lame Is and Miss Saigon, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to date myself, yeah. everyone. That's our era. And, nope. No, but, right? but Miss Saigon, right? You'd be like, I'd give my life for yeah. you, like singing along, body boop boop. And then 
And now I'm like, I give it up. Like just crying because yeah. I understand her. Yes. And oh, and you guys, I went to see Waitress when I was pregnant. Oh. Like, and whoa, hello. <laughs> I mean, that's the hormonal rage there anyway. But I was just like, I had to shut down the watching of the show because I didn't want to disturb my fellow audience members. But I started to like, <laughs> like sob because, yeah. yeah, because being pregnant, I mean, is just. It, it it makes you re-examine and examine and question and doubt and feel and then um yeah yeah I, yeah I, I, sometimes I feel like it's almost like in like it's motherhood cracks you open so much that almost it's like you can't sustain it like your the amount of empathy that you feel you like have to quash it down because if you felt it, that yeah, way all much. the time you wouldn't be able to function right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. that's why I literally that's why like in the show I was like shut it down not watching not paying yep. attention yeah yep. <laughs> Eric did that Eric did the reading you know he was in the original company of waitress and the yeah, reading yeah. they had was when Elliot was three months old and I went to the presentation <laughs> And I'm sitting next to Daryl Roth and I just was like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, it's Sarah Bareilles. That was, that's amazing. Those kind of moments are amazing because Sarah Bareilles put to music and wrote the experience that is so in tune with what it is. And yet she is not a mother yet. So it's fascinating in that way. But she is a great empathizer though. She is. I was going to say, or she's been one in past lives or something. She's genius brilliant person yeah. totally yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah exactly but yeah no no but see that was perfect for you to be there and be like i am your audience and yes this works <laughs> correct oh yeah you're yeah nail Accurate. head boom yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. we were both born today that lyric is just so you know, just, oh my god so good all right well this will turn into like a sarah Bareilles waitress like love fest i know, but right? I, <laughs> I want i want to go back to how you talked about like feeling like a mother figure on set. Because I feel like Uh all three of us have experienced this because we've been in the business for such a long time, right? And Mm -hmm. so you come up and you're the kid. You're like the young one. that Forever. Forever. And everybody's kind of mothering you, you know? And you're Mm -hmm. like, you know, the newbie, whatever. And you're young. And then... I I know I recently had this experience at the prom. Like I went in, I was playing a a PTA mom, and then B everybody in the cast was in their twenties and was so young, and I was like, oh, oh, I I am now the mama of the cast, or I am now right. like in a caretaking position, just naturally because of my life experience and it's so it's just mind-blowing to go through that I think well and how come it seems to happen overnight yes like where yeah. was the gradual what ha- what happened to all the in-betweens it was like yes young 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 and all of a sudden old I mean for me oldest oldest by a lot I mean Tim Federley and I joke that the couple of those kids could be ours. Like if if he had knocked me up when we did Gypsy together, <laughs> then Olivia Rodrigo is our baby. Well, and Andrew Barth Feldman and Roman Banks were both right. on your show, yes. right? I did Evan Hansen with them. I was the mo- and I was the mother. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, I stood by for the moms, and so like going on, I was like, oh, I I guess I could have a sixteen year old child. Like this. No, is- and the worst part is when you do the math, and it doesn't mean you had your kid really young. <laughs> Right. That means you had them at a very acceptable age, right. or even later. Right. And they could still. And then you're like, oh, got it. Well, hey, you guys, I was a geriatric pregnancy. Oh, so my oh, second yes. was too. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Talk, mm-hmm. Tell us oh, yeah. about that. Like, how was that? I wonder. And Kara, you could talk to it too because I was not. I was in my early 30s. But when they'd say that word to you, when they say, oh, and so you're a geriatric pregnancy, and you're like, oh, great, this sounds. <laughs> Amazing. Right. So I'm yeah. really old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. Right. Like you're like, uh, thank you for f- truth and just reality in my face on and on the paper. But thank you, insurance, for paying for things. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are perks to being an old mama. But um, no, I think it's also interesting because when you're in New York, you, like we would still be young, acceptable aged mothers. But here in Salt Lake, it's I see women at the zoo that look my age and then they say smile for grandma right and I'm like "Mm mm-hmm yep correct yep Yep. Yep. all right um 
No, 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 the geriatric pregnancy thing, you're right. I think, though, that being an actor actually has prepared us for lots of things like this that we have to laugh at or we would just cry. So I uh, tried to embrace it and laugh. And also, I mean, I like I said before, I thought I wouldn't get pregnant so fast. That was one of the reasons. And then joke was on me. So were you? I was well, like, I'm old. I won't get. Whoa. <laughs> well, and when you say that you you was it? Were you trying to get pregnant? I mean, maybe that's too personal. But no, like, or no, was I'll it an you. accident? <laughs> no, I mean, see, that's the thing. Well, okay, so I had endometriosis when Same. I was young. Actually, yes, and actually, I got surgery for it when I was doing the Santa Music tour with the Bowens, with the younger Bowens. <laughs> got it all scraped out. So then I was on the and keep in mind too, like late late bloomer, like I was still a virgin then. <laughs> and times changed but um I so yeah scrape out virgin and they had said like you might not be able to get pregnant because it's really bad I was like gotcha then on the pill for a million years I froze my eggs when I was 34 um in LA so I've got some eggs over in Beverly Hills if anybody needs any and but no but that was another thing my eggs one of my ovaries like didn't have like had like one follicle and then the other one had like six fall, whatever. And they kept, so I did like a couple months of those crazy shots that, oh, have you guys ever done the hormone? No, hormone I've heard shots? of that. It's, it, it, it's not, it, talk about getting in touch with your emotions, except they're not real. They're like, I was like, I'm going to push everyone down the stairs and then throw myself after you, <laughs> but kill, kill, die, die. Like it was awful. Um, but yeah, so I only got a couple eggs. So they were like, you know, I was one of the ovaries didn't work. And, and anyway, but Luke was clearly hiding around a corner. He clearly wanted to be he there. Supposed to he be wanted here. to be here. And you guys, a psychic told me back in 2012, which I had forgotten, but she had told me that I would have a son. And I totally was like, no, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, clearly she's full of crap, like terrible psychic. And she also said, she also predicted my high school musical job because she said, I would, she was like, I see you sitting behind a desk and it, but, and you're surrounded by cameras. So I think it's like a TV show, but you're behind a desk and you're like a judge, but, but it's like for Broadway things. And now I'm thinking, okay, lady, you thought I, I was going to have a son and you're seeing me being a judge for like an, a, like a, an American Idol broad, right. like nobody's at, there's no way like a lady, you're terrible. And then, um, but yeah. And then she said, but it won't be here. Or new, it'll be somewhere else. It'll be somewhere far away. So I was like, London? Okay, London, American Idol for Broadway. Mm-mm, no way in hell. But then it wasn't until Kevin Cahoon reminded me of it this past year. He was like, I remember, you know, the angel Kendra. That's She's not a psychic. She channels an angel. Okay, so. but <laughs> Can I get um, her number? I know, right? Sign no, me up. Seriously. seriously. No, I was like, Kevin, find the recording of that session because I need to know everything she said. But yeah, so... um. What was my point? Sorry. It, but it blew my mind when I was like, oh, yeah, she sort of saw this job, but she also saw Luke. But she also, also said that there could be another child if I decided yes or no, like another child. Now, I guess we don't need to sit here talking about what about the other children? Do we try to have them or not? But <laughs> Right. But all They're I know there. is one's a lot. How, wait, Kara, how many do you guys have we now? We have two. You only okay. You have two. Yeah, I knew that. I wasn't sure if there like was another pandemic baby that popped up. Oh no. Uh, yeah, we have our hands yeah. full. <laughs> but how do you feel about the two? Because you know how people are like, well, one changes your life, and two, and then people are like, changes it even more. You know, it's not like it's an easy add-on, right? It isn't. It definitely isn't. I I knew for me that it, I always wanted to have two, so it like wasn't a hard decision for me to make. Uh-huh. Um, it definitely like rounds us out in a really wonderful way um and it's cool to see how different they are you know which is also difficult because you got to parent them in very different ways you know you're like one kind of parent for one and a different kind of parent for another um Mm -hmm. but uh, it's joyful I mean it's been it's been we've had a really interesting journey in a lot of different ways our first has special needs and so like having our second was almost a little bit of a healing for us you know, kind of brought us towards uh-huh. more of a typical parenting experience. Um, and now it's about walking those two lines, you know, with two kids. And it's, it's great. We're great with two. But, I, but it definitely keeps certain work um, opportunities from being real for us. You know what I mean? 
I'm sure. It definitely dictates what we can and cannot do. And how do you figure that out? I mean, it can't, it, it's been pretty clear so far, you know. And then, like, we both were working 2019. Um, and that was a big juggle and we're out in the suburbs and everything. So that was like a little different. And then the shutdown happened and neither of us were working. So that's been kind of wonderfully joyous in its own right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how, how the future plays out. But it's, it was the right choice for us. But the psychic totally nailed it because she knew you were going to fr- uh, freeze your eggs. That's what she was saying. She's like, you might have another because <gasps> yes, she was saying like I, you have the possibility. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so smart. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's totally that was where what I that went was. right away. Yeah. I was like, oh, she She's, means because there's eggs sitting over there. Yeah, 1,000%. Yeah, there's eggs over there. Yeah. There you have it. Who knows? You never know. You never know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like a geriatric, geriatric. What's the extreme geriatric? (laughs) Well, there was some woman. I I saw, like, a 60-year-old woman carried a baby for her gay son and his husband. Oh, right. How amazing is that? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, and my, my mother used to say that to me because I had endometriosis. I had uh, fibroid tumors. I had, like, oh. I had surgery Everything. to take those out. I had all the things. So I was also, you know, will I be able to? What's going to happen? Whatever. And my mother used to say, I will carry your babies for you. <laughs> I will carry them for you, Jess. <laughs> Sarah Rush. <laughs> Sarah Rush. Just I know. She's it out a lot, there. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, all right, let's get back to the biz and, and motherhood and all of that. Oh, sure, sure. So you you went back to work when Luke was really young doing Beautiful. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, when he was four months old, I think, I stood by in Meteor Shower. Okay, right. Oh, yeah. So, so, so I went back, but, you know, not, whatever. And it, it was a good, like, putting your toe in, but still the schedule. It's the schedule, right? Yes. Yes. And I do not have an answer for you guys, for anyone who's listening who's like, how do I do this Broadway schedule with a baby thing? It's terrible. Okay, when I did Beautiful, he was a year and a couple months. And um, and Andrew was on tour. Andrew's his dad. He was on tour with Come From Away. And so it was just me and Luke. And I now when I think back to when I was in Beautiful, I really don't remember much about it. Um, because he was waking in the night still, he was teething and he would get up at 530 and there's no way, as you know, you can't be like, show, I need you to be earlier and I need you to be done sooner. It's like the fastest I could get home if I booked it and I caught the express and I, all the things was what? 11? Right. No. No. I'm, 11, 20, 11, 30, probably. Something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, on the flip side, I once I started the show, I would nap between shows on two show days because I tried going home and then I had that like scary when I almost didn't make it a couple yeah. times and I don't like that. And you're like, oh, what's the point? I got here and I saw him for half an hour and now I am having, I'm losing years off my life because I think I'm going to mm-hmm. miss signing it. And so, um, so I did get the naps, which then was like the most, you know, sleep I got during the week in a way. But then you're spending so much money um, having somebody watch your kid for 12 hours, two days in a row. I mean, yeah, so I didn't know how to get on top of it. The only thing I can say is that it did come to an end, and then, and then it's all, and then it's worth it, right? right. Yeah. I, was, I love that you're like, I don't really remember much. It's like, because you were just trying to survive. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't remember much. And I do remember actually Ben Jacoby. I love him so much. He and I were like, you know, paired in the show, and... And I, he would look over and my eye would be twitching <laughs> a little bit. And he'd be like, how much did you sleep last night? And I'd be like, oh, I slept for a solid three hours. Right. It's good. It's, it was good. It wasn't bad. And 
Oh. And he'd be like, I don't, I don't understand. I'd be like, me neither. Right. But what can yeah. I do? Exactly. Right. But it's what just, can you? It's, it is what it is. Yeah. We're just doing yeah. it. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. That's what when people are always they used to say that too. They'd be like, I don't know how you do it. I was like, I have no choice. Like this is what yeah. this is what it is. And I will say like, oh, my sweet storm lever when I was doing summer one time, like we had had like this conversation and I got to work and she had bought she had texted me and she's like, I'm stopping at Starbucks. Would you like anything? I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm OK, whatever. But I got there and she had got me a coffee <laughs> and she said, I said, it was so sweet of you to text me. And she goes, well, it just dawned on me. You know, after we had that conversation, she's like, I come in on a matinee and I slept till 10 and I did all the, and then I never thought about how you've already been up for like eight hours by the time we come to work and like you've probably been to a dance class and like or to a birthday party in the park and she said I just I really appreciate you it was so sweet to have someone who was young in the company acknowledge that you know and recognize it because so often you come in for the matinee and they're like oh my god good morning good morning everybody (laughs) says good morning and you're like double barrel no (laughs) (laughs) and we did it i know we did it we used to do it for sure yeah yeah Yeah. no because i was like well you guys are idiots having kids and being (laughs) (laughs) hi humble pie (laughs) that's I mean, it's, the truth of that is so deep. I never could have even imagined what this was like in, before we did no. this. But it's a terrible idea, and yet <laughs> it's still the best. It is. It is. It's still the it best. It is. And one thing this pandemic has made clear to me is I still want to go back to it. So, you know, it's like, bring oh, it on, please. Get yeah. me out of here. Yes. I know. <laughs> but see, but, but on the flip side of that, it is true that, Staying home is maybe the harder work. Yes. But then don't you have the thing, though, that you feel guilty about then when you get to go to work? So then when you come home, you, like, do double the work? Yeah. And then really when are we relaxing? Never. I mean – there's no such thing. I mean, thing. Andrew just sort of like, well, you got like you're at work all day, like, but I know you get to like sit there, and I'm like, as I'm cram- as I'm cramming the lines in my head, right, right, and I yeah, and normally. Yeah, and I do bedtime, and then I, like, quick try to learn my lines, but I'm tired. So then you're, like, trying to – you know when you do the learn, but you're doing yep. the sleep, yep. you half the one yep. I open? Yeah. And you're, like, just get in there while yeah. I'm half asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk to us about that, because we've talked about doing the eight shows a week, and we oh. talk to us about shooting – you know, now you've done both with a small child. Yeah. And I – it's not very common, I think. Like, I think, like, Benanti has done both with – Ella Rose was smaller, but there aren't many of our moms or listeners who have had the the juxtaposition of both. You yeah, know, who have had the contrast of like eight shows a week, having to be there at night, but being able to have your days free to hang out with your small child, versus now you're on a shooting schedule, so it's a little more normal, quote unquote normal, right? Um, how has that been? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, I'm really lucky because I don't work. I mean, there are a couple episodes that I do a lot, and so then I did work every day, you know, for 10 days straight or whatever. And then you're almost sort of basically just, it's almost like you're going out of town sometimes because if you're, like if I'm up at 5.30 to get out the door to get there by 7 or whatever it is, um, sometimes I was gone before he woke up. And then depending on how long we went... Um, I'd be home after he was in bed. However, because, like I said, I don't work every day or because we also have kids in the show, or we did, we we have like one minor left, but um, then sometimes we would stop and I would make it home for bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I think, you guys, I think eight shows a week is harder. I, I think it's harder for lots of reasons. Yeah. Um, a... It's harder to afford the child care you need. Mm-hmm. B, yeah, you're there for morning and all day. So you have to do that job then. Right. And then you and then if you miss out on bedtime, I feel like that's sad because that's sometimes the sweetest, most fun part. And then you would have that time to yourself, but you don't, right? Mm-hmm. So then um yeah, because like going to work is like starting your second job because yeah. you are yeah. momming all day yeah. and that takes all your energy and then you have to rev it up. Like when everyone else is coming home and relaxing, you're like, here yeah. I go. Let me I know. Put, beat my face and, and do a show. Yeah. Now, I did not do eight shows a week with a school situation inserted in there. I feel like that would help. However, you still have to get up. You have That's to get the them thing. ready. You have to That's get them the there. 
It's the solid sleeping that never happens. It, it helps and it also hurts because you're not, you don't actually ever see them. Like, never well, see that, that. I was going to say that, that too, that too, right? Yeah. So then at least, at least on the shooting schedule, I would have then days off, full days off to be with him. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I think, I think eight shows a week is just like, especially when they're young. It was like, yeah. you can't sleep. And then you're right. And then when they're older, you never see them. Yeah. Because on the weekend they're home from school, but you're at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and with a shooting schedule, it's finite, right? Like, you know the block of time. Right. You know there's an end point. Yes. And look, yes. if you're... I mean, the only... The, the thing about a shooting schedule, though, is that you don't get your call time sometimes, you know, till the night before. Right. So that can be tricky because you have to find someone. Like, I had a nanny, thank God, that when I was here for season one, and... And luckily, I could say, oh, can you be here at 5.30 tomorrow morning? Right. Right? Yeah. Um, but if I, you know, I I interviewed a bunch of nannies for this year then that didn't happen anyway. Um, but, you know, people who are like, I want 9 to 5. And I'd say, okay, except yeah. I might need you at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. So right. what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Well, I do have to say, like, my parents my parents just moved out. Um, for anyone I who's been listening. That. <laughs> That's amazing. My parents moved out, and we're moving to our own place again. Um, but having them, that's going to be a huge transition for us because my mother moved in with us when Elliot was 18 months old. And so almost her entire life, I mean, there was the first year and a half we were juggling show schedule or whatever. But ever since then, I've just had built-in childcare with regard to the ease of knowing that they were there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, okay, I know that if I have to leave at 5.30 or if I want to go for a drink after the show, I don't have to run home to a sitter because my parents are already asleep and she's in bed and everything. You know what I mean? So that's going to be, I mean, I'm in for a rude awakening. <laughs> I, I mean, didn't you always have this too? Like when your friends didn't leave your hometown or whatever and, and they're like, how'd you go to the big city? Or And you're like, of course, I had to go to the city. I had, why would I stay? You know, well, of course, you know, you want to be on Broadway, you got to go to New York. But now I get it. And I have a friend who would go home for the summers to Michigan. And I'd be like, wow, like, God bless her for going home for like six weeks to Michigan, you know, whatever. This, I mean, we're going for July. I'm like, right. let's go. Mom, Dad, here we come. We're coming for all of July. Yes. And it is the best the idea yeah. ever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It takes a so village. I understand. I understand why people stay close to their family because, man, we need them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. No one's going to take care of you. You know, it's a, no one will take care of your child like your family, you know, Absolutely. like their grandparents. Um, you can trust that they love them and will keep them safe. Mostly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, we're mostly. still alive, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what we yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do we have issues that need therapy? Correct. Yes. How? Yes. But I can't save my son from that. So why do I expect my parents to? There you go. You've literally just transitioned us into what I was going to ask about because it's May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so whatever we can do as a podcast to destigmatize any sort of help that we need in that regard, whether it's therapy, whether it's medication, whatever it is, like we just want to talk about it. So oh yes, to that end. Tell us about your journey with uh, mental yes, health. Yes, I have. Yes, I have a very, I have a very long journey. Um, I have been in therapy, I think, for fifteen years. Um, yeah, yep. You know how you were like, no, it can't be that long because I was only. Oh right. <laughs> um, so a very long time, and um, and I've been on medication and off it and on it, and um, you know, I feel like it's such a cliche, the trap of. Oh, I'm on, well, people who are like happy pills, whatever they say, like they make you happy. Okay, no, my therapist has explained to me that if you don't need them, they don't do anything. If you need them, it makes a huge difference. It's also not like putting things in you. It's just like keeping the chemicals from getting swept away. Mm -hmm. So it's actually just maintaining like your natural stuff that you need to hold on to. But I've also had things too where I have fallen in the trap, like I said, of, oh, I'm feeling great. I'm fine. So I probably don't need these anymore. So I'm going to stop taking them because I don't need them, which is so like, I'm like, who says that? Apparently me. It's just, that's why people do it. Everybody does. But you know, I've had moments too where 
I have been like, but everything's great. I'm doing this great job. I'm in this great thing. Why do I feel that there's a cloud over my head? And that I, I just, my thing is that I'm just very, like I don't have any feelings and I don't care. But so yes, yeah, so I, I've been on, I've been off. I think uh, it's, and therapy is great for all the different things that go on in our lives. I mean, I started going to her, of course, years ago when I wasn't a mom yet. And she really helped me with, with show business with the rejection with the with the uncertainty with the like going into an audition and the compare and despair and the you know oh shoot I should have worn that dress like I knew like I wore the wrong thing look at all these people around who are amazing there's no way I'll get like why I should just leave now and then no rewire your brain say look around and be like no all these people are amazing and I am lucky and excited that I get to be invited to be here with them. And we're all different in our own ways. And if it's our, if it's mine, it's mine. If it's theirs, it's theirs. And it's going to be great. I mean, I think being actresses together and being moms together are tricky, right? With the whole, yeah. it's a competition, but we need to be a village. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but not even just our business. I mean, honestly, women in our culture. Women in I, general, right? Yeah. They, I mean, we're pitted against each other constantly and made, you know, to think we have to live up to these ideal expectations. You know, I remember like on our very first episode, Laura Benanti was talking about that with like social media and the pressure of appearing a certain way. And she's like, and it also, she's like, <laughs> there's feels like there's like this, I'm running through a field, like a sepia tone field, you know, and everything's lovely. Or it's like, I hate my kids. They're awful. Like there was no in between. Like people are either like telling you, but everything is in between. And, and the truth of it is like, no one's got their shit together. Nobody. Like they can, they can curate the hell out of that Instagram feed, but nobody does, you know, and we're all on the same team. It's like, it's hard. It is really hard, though. I mean, I know Kara and I, but I mean, we've, yeah. you know, we audition for things. And as actors, we are like, why did she get it? I mean, we do have that. Like, why is she having the success? And I'm over here still toiling away. And when is it going to be my turn? I mean, I think we all have that, even when you get to higher levels, you know, every level, I'm sure there's more. You just, it keeps happening. You think, oh, it's, I'm going to hit that and then I'll be set. And it's right? not true. Never. There's <laughs> never that moment. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what we were talking about, your dreams changing, because they have to. Otherwise, I mean, really, you're just going to kill yourself because yeah. there's that. It's and, and you can achieve that thing that you thought, oh, if I just get that, then I'm going to be so happy. And then something else pops in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, that's why we started. Well, that's why we started Broadway Baby Mamas on Facebook. But that's also why they do the podcast is amplifying the journey and the struggle and trying to build this community of um, women and mothers, particularly, who uh, to support one another because we need the help. Yeah. We need that. We are alone. I mean, this pandemic has shown us more than anything how shit on, to be honest, like mothers are, right? Like yeah. that has affected us disproportionately and egregiously with women of color, but like it is so real. And this past year has been beyond difficult for us. And, um, and so I'm just, I've, I've been, you know what? When we have these conversations, this has been helpful for me. I mean, truthfully. It's like our therapy. Honestly. It's our therapy, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, well, we've, it's so helpful. We've been taught for so long to not show any weakness, right? Like a, a female can't show any weakness because we'll be that much more likely to reap the repercussions of that, which is why we need a space to talk about being weak and be it because it's our reality, you know? Oh, yeah. And also to uh, to try to not even, yeah, not that we're weak, just that we're human. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like the thing is, like we were saying, we do all the jobs, we do the things, we come home, we still want to do that complete job. We want to do all the jobs perfectly. We want to look gorgeous doing them all. We want our, everything needs to look perfect, be perfect, social media perfect. Do we expect our husbands to be perfect like that? <laughs> do we expect our friends to be? Do we expect no. our kids to be? You don't expect our kids no. to be perfect. No. And actually, that's one of the things that, um, that I've been trying to uh, encourage myself to, to remind myself about is that, um, you know, working with these younger kids on the show, I do see, and of course, social media for them is just a whole, di- their world is a different world. So, yeah. so different. Um, and while they're much more confident 
than than I was and um, obviously self-aware and all that stuff, I can see they're still insecure in the same ways we were and I don't want them to be. And, you know, a couple of them, I, all of them? No, not all of them, but a few of them, season two, definitely getting thinner, 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 not, you know, not like the same stuff yeah. that we were dealing with at that age. And, but I still do it to myself. Mm-hmm. I can't watch myself and, and not think like, oh, I look like too big in those jeans or something. And then, but, but then I'm like, well, camera adds the pounds, but, but then I, well, wait a minute, but wait, I'm 40, but wait, I, and then I'm like, no, be real, be a real person. Show those kids that it is okay for them to be real as well. But man, I have to remind myself about it. Yeah. It's it's so hard. It's away. so hard. Never. Never. No, and, and to, for my son to be like, "Oh, I don't want to talk cuz I remember and my mom, great mom, not saying she's you know anything wrong, but I remember being in ballet class and thinking I had fat thighs, right? Like, what? Yeah. In elementary school, I mean a kid being yeah. like, oh, I have fat thighs. Like we have, I don't like my thighs. I don't like my thighs. And then I see pictures of myself now and I'm like, well, it looks like a normal kid. There are no thighs. I'm just a kid. But it was because my mom didn't like her thighs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like I try to watch myself to not put it on them. And then hopefully maybe I'll give myself a break. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. It's funny. Audrey McDonald talked to us a little bit about that because she has two daughters who are very far apart in age. And her older daughter actually said to her, don't be that way towards yourself for Sally. She's like, because you were that way and I witnessed that. So don't do it for her. Like, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Like, what? I know, like, mind blowing. But then can't she have a moment and be like, I'm a good mom because look how awesome my kid is. Well, 1,000%. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you don't realize. You don't realize yeah, the things that don't. come out of your mouth that affect your kids. You know, you're not speaking directly to them, but they hear it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you're, and, you're, and the kids in your show, you know, who are. The kids in my show. Yeah. And actually, I, I caught myself saying a couple things. And, you know, it's. And I know that that's how I deal with the fact that we were saying, like, the fact that I'm the old one now is that I'll say, ha ha, well, I'm the old one, you know, I'm the mom, whatever it is. But why does it have to be negative? Why am I making fun of myself? Right. Um, but, but I have, a couple of them have said, like, what are you talking about? That's fine. I mean, they're so cool. Like, they don't shave their legs. <laughs> you know, they don't wear bras. They don't care. I love that that's, they're, the, they, they're so cool. They don't the shave cool their legs. That's the, I love it. I, but, but that's no, what I'm but, saying. Yeah. But, they don't care. I mean, the they're boys not... do. No. Um, no, but, but that's the thing. They're like, they do whatever. They love everyone. They, and with, um, we've had, you know, the sexual harassment, a couple of like the seminar meeting things. and. Wow, I'm sure you guys also maybe have had this revelation of the stuff that they're like, well, I would never put up with that. No, no, that's terrible. And I'm like, well, I haven't. Wait a minute. There was that time, and then that thing happened, and then there was that. Oh, and that. So it is, yeah, it's a different world. It is. Um, There is an awakening with regard to autonomy, with regard mm -hmm. to social justice. There is, um, and it's, it's it's, to be honest, it's scary in a lot of ways, right? Just because... I shouldn't say scary. That's not the right word. But we're all locked into the way things were, particularly when you were talking about like the comments people make in the theater or to you about our bodies or this or that. Mm -hmm. And we're just sort of brought up to be like, this is how it is. They can say those things or that Mm -hmm. director can make that comment to me. And I'm just and of course, it's normal. Like, it's okay that I cry. You know, I remember like I remember I did when I did Gypsy. Um, I did the different one, not the one that Kate did, uh, the next one, the next revival. Kate and Graham. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I remember Arthur Lawrence directed that one, and he had also directed the Tyne Daly one. And Jim Burkita was in both productions, and he talks about how, like, Arthur used to make people cry. And I have a friend that auditioned to replace me in that show, and she, she was at the callback, and a girl came out of the room crying from her callback about something Arthur had said to her. Do you know what I mean? God rest yeah. his Rest in peace, Arthur. But there were things that we were supposed to just ignore. And it was just the way it was. And that time is changing. And that generation is who's making it happen. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, and that's the thing, too. I mean, and yes, Arthur Tuff, also James Pond. I mean, we the list, right? But, but, and they, we shouldn't be defending them. But 
they also are from a different era. And right. I mean, the era before theirs was even worse. So, yeah. so maybe they were like, I'm being amazing. I love women. And you're like, yeah, except you just said that you like, you just, or you snapped my butt thong or whatever you just did. Well, can I like, tell you wait, a funny, I th- that's a funny story, right? For a laugh. <laughs> but when I had my callback for Gypsy, for Arthur, I was doing Let Me Entertain You. I was doing the last bit. I'd already done the 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 Louise before, and I was doing the yeah, final yeah. stuff. And I did Let Me Entertain You, and I'm, you know, tipping around and doing whatever and beveling for my life. And, and I finished, and he's sitting there. And at this point, he was, like, 90 years old. And he's sitting behind the table, and he's so tiny. And he's like, and I wait. I finish. I stop. And he goes, well, you've obviously worked in Vegas. And I was like, ah, no, I'm just really good at beveling. I know. I mean, I just it was something like stupid, but like I wish people could have seen y'all's faces when I said that line because literally your jaws were like there was silence because your jaws were on the floor. But that's what he said to me, like in the callback, you know, and and you just laugh it off. You're like, because ah, I'm acting yeah. like, oh, I mean, isn't that part of the thing? But you know, it's just. <laughs> It's- <laughs> I'm an actress. Hello. Right. Right. I was like, actually, no, I've never worked in Vegas. Thanks so Thank much. You. And nothing against you ladies that do. No, no judgment. No, no, no judgment. No, it is hot. It is hot. Super. Anyway, maybe I'll cut that story. <laughs> no, no, don't. No, that, but that's my point is that we were so used to hearing it and so used to brushing it off that I didn't even, th- I was the first one to be like, oh, no, no, nothing's ever been said that's inappropriate. No, I haven't. And then in those seminars, I think, oh, wait, wait, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that one, that time yeah. and the, or that thing and then that thing. And, and yeah, and who knows how it all affects us. Right? Yeah. It do, it really does. I mean, it it really it's ingrained. Someone said something to me when I was in high school, and it has. I actually say it has affected me to the point where I realized once I was like, I wonder what my career would be like if I didn't let that statement yeah. in, because it so greatly affected how I see myself in this business. And can you tell us what it is, or just no, no. Well, yeah, it's just, and it's not even like that big a deal. But like, I had this teacher who, you know. He, he was not very nice, but he was like, I was singing something and, and he said, you're not a soprano. Don't ever try to be one. He's like, stick to belting, you know? And in actuality, I am a soprano. Like I'm a mezzo and I can sing that, but he is so in my head that I didn't realize just how much until I remember auditioning for King and I to be the standby for Kelly O'Hara. And I remember thinking like, this is my gig. I can do this. This is an easy sing. It's not even that high. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is fine. I can do it. And I went in and I got, I started thinking about him still 20 years later thinking. And I got so nervous that I ended up like belting, (laughs) belting. Hello, young lover. (laughs) Which is not correct for those of you who aren't musical theater people. That's not correct. And I thought I just did my I sabotaged myself. I allowed this man 20 years ago to say this to me and it has stayed inside my body. And to this day, I never say I'm a soprano. I always say, oh, I'm a I'm a belter. I'm a mezzo belter. You know, I'm not. Meanwhile, I've understudied Laura Benanti and I I understudied the role of Sarah Brown and guys. And you know what I mean? Like, clearly, I have the I have those skills, but I can't I can't do I'm not I can't do them. When I when I am called upon in these moments of high stress and anxiety, I hear that man's voice in my head. And I and I thought, you know, like, what would my career have been like if I didn't let him have that power? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm here to tell you, I have belted so many soprano songs in auditions. <laughs> <laughs> you like practice them. and You're like, this is great. And then you walk in the room. and You're like, what just came out of my right? mouth? Because you're so the nervous. Nerves. And yeah. then and then you just like go to what, you know, yep. and you, like your breath is gone and you're just belting. <laughs> It's just I like, mean, listen, you guys, it's, it's literally, I literally choke. Like I go in and I choke, but like I literally choke where I'm like, ah! <laughs> 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 oh, oh my do? God. Why do we why do what we, we do? Why do we do? Well, I, well, to that end, as we start to wrap up, are you coming back to Broadway anytime soon, Kate? Oh, now that Broadway I'm... is coming back. Now that Broadway is coming back. Oh yeah. Broadway is definitely coming back. And yeah, it's so funny, right? Listen. I've been, I wanted to be on Broadway since I knew what it was, right? Since I was 10, 12, whatever it was. And, um, but isn't it funny? I feel like it wasn't until I got this show that it was like, Broadway's Kate Reinders. And I was like, what? What do you mean I'm Broadway's Kate Reinders? I want to be Broadway's Kate Reinders. So yeah, I'm dying to be Broadway's Kate Reinders. 
Um, You're always Broadway's Kate ever let me, If they'll ever let me be on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean, I've, you know what? I love that, that you're on a television show and they say Broadway's Kate Reinders yeah. because so often it's so hard for those of us in the theater world to transition or have a solid career on the other side, right? On camera and in that arena. And so I love it. I love it. You were always no, no, Broadway's you know Kate Reinders. Saying, but, well, actually, yeah. what's it's funny is actually a couple of the boys in the show who call me Broadway's Kate Reinders. Like it's, you know, it's a joke nickname. And, um, but the best part, speaking of like aging us and making us feel old, is you know one of them was like, "I saw you in Wicked. I saw you in Glinda as Glinda in Wicked when I was six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Um, no, no. I mean, that's the point. Is that I say it as a joke because um, all I want to be is Broadway's Kate Reinders. Is my point. Um, but wow. really, I'll be anyone who will hire me as anything. <laughs> True. I mean, and actually, there you have it. Now I'm Luke's mom. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Luke's mom. I'm Elliot's mm-hmm. mom. I'm Elin and Ben's mom. Yep, yeah. exactly. We wear it proudly, right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Kate, this has been so fun. It's so fun. This is literally <laughs> You guys, can this we do this fu- every week? That yes. that would be fun because this is like one of those therapy kiki episodes where it's just like, you know, yeah. chatting yeah. with our girlfriend. It's awesome. Thank so you good. so much for coming. Oh, thank you, you guys. And, uh, and we can't wait to see season, season two, two of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Mm-hmm. That is Watch the it with title. your kids. Yeah. Look for the lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love for the lady. Thank you, well, friends. You too. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic. Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song. Our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.